On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we dive into the expectations that we have here on the Locked On Texan podcast for the Houston Texans pre-draft and free agency, dive into the rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson and the possibility of him being traded to the Washington Commanders now. And then we're going to end off with players that are currently already on roster for the Houston Texans. They should bring back for the start of 2022 season. But first, start the music. It's time to count down. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game start. And for today's episode, we will dive into the uh, the rumor, the rumor mill with Deshaun Watson, and you know. Will he be a commander? Will he be whoever he's going to be with as he gets prepared? Uh, he's going through the the legal process today, and so we'll keep you know an eye on that throughout the week. But before we talk about that, Cody, we got to talk about how we feel about the Houston Texans before we get into the free agency period and before the draft with Levy Smith and now his head coach. And I definitely want to highlight something that. I love you, Smith said while speaking with Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, Levy Smith admits uh, he loves the purity of the game and coaching it, realizes he has some unfinished business in Chicago and in Tampa Bay, and he can't let some of the same mistakes follow him to Houston. Uh, one of those mistakes, I believe, is just not being a part of the modern game. However, I looked at his resume, his short resume in Tampa, and of course, the long period in Chicago. First with Tampa, the 2014 Bucks were one of the worst turnover teams in the league with 33 giveaways that year, 28 the following year. I think that's an area of emphasis for this team uh, led by Lovey Smith. Also, I expect this team to be better with ball security under Lovey Smith because he knows how important it is to not turn the ball over, especially considering how much he emphasizes taking the ball away. One of the issues for Lovey Smith in Chicago was he was never able, uh, never able to find a OC or offensive talent on the field consistently. The Bears' offensive ranking from 2009 are as follows: 19th, 21st, 17th, and 16th. Lovey's best offensive years were with Ron Turner as OC, where at one point during the 2006 season, at the end of that season. They were ranked second overall on offense, but ultimately ended with the Bears ranking 23rd in the NFL in yards per game and 29th in rushing. For Lovey, in terms of what I wanted to see uh, this season and during his three-year tenure as the Houston Texans head coach, is a modern offense. That's why I think when we look at Pep Hamilton, uh, who worked with Lovey Smith in Chicago as a quarterback's coach, that's why I think that relationship is so important for the Houston Texans because what Lovey will bring is what he call a no-coast offense. 
just finding ways to attack the defense, whether that's through the power run or spreading it up with a West Coast, more West Coast awesome offense, excuse me, field to get your offense in better situations where they can win. A lot of these one-on-one situations that, you know, the Houston Texans in the last two years have failed to do so. And I can't stress this enough how important it is for this team to go into free agency and the draft and address the offensive needs, get some talent across this offense in order to, number one, help out your quarterback in Davis Mills, which is something that the Chicago Bears were never able to put together consistently, whether that's with Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, or the up and down years with uh, Jay Cutler. You know, get more accustomed to this game. And, and today's game is about hitting you from every angle, finding guys that do something so well that they can do it completely I mean, uh, over and over again, excuse me, in the NFL. So uh, I think one of the mistakes for Lovey is leaving uh, that he can work through and not bring to Houston is leaving the past in the past. And it's important for him to coach the defense. He wants to do that. That's why I wanted to include he loves coaching the purity of the game. However, make sure that you are allowing your offense to blossom and to do so. Pep, Lovey, and Nick Casario is going to have to work together, in my opinion, to bring in a lot of talent for this Houston offense. Um, the mistakes that Lovey Smith made, especially when he was the head coach during his time in Chicago and during his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I kind of want to throw that one out the window because I think the last year he was the head coach there, which was what 2014? Um, 2015. They had an improvement there, yeah, yeah, 2015. So that was Jameis Winston's rookie season. So that means the season before then, which was 2014, um, the Buccaneers was actually kind of tanking for Jameis. So you know, I kind of want to throw that out the window, but when you go back and you take a look at Lovey Smith's time with the Chicago Bears, you know, he did have a legendary run, but that was only because we all know how good that defense was. And at times, I, I do remember the offense was, you know, kind of up and down, but, you know, after everything that you just finished talking about, especially from what Lovey Smith said, how he wants to not have the same mistakes that he made during his time in Chicago and and to have a better offensive team i think he's going to have an opportunity to do do so here because when you take a look at the houston texans in 2022 yes i understand this is not an offensive team that no longer has the likes of deshaun watson lamar miller deandre hopkins and all the rest of those boys but the texans on the offensive side of the ball, looking at their roster as of right now, Davis Mills, we already know what to expect out of Brandon Cooks. Brevin Jordan, Nico Collins, there's a lot of young, proven potential there. And I think if they continue to develop, we're possibly going to see one of the best offensive teams that has ever played under Lovey Smith. Now, the best part about all of this is this is why it was so important for Lovey Smith to make sure that they keep Pep Hamilton on staff and and what i'm most he's exactly and i think you know of course lovey smith is going to be the head coach but i kind of feel like this is going to be one of those i take care of defense you're going to take care of offense and even though we're going to look at the offensive numbers throughout the 2022 season and say lovey smith has done x y and z i think this is going to be a year where we're going to give a lot of credit to pep hamilton and i'm very interested to see how that is going to be because look over the last what 
three to four years, especially during those times with Bill O'Brien. We didn't know who was calling plays. There were some moments Bill O'Brien came out and said he was the primary play caller. There was sometimes he came out and said it was Tim Kelly. Um, Bill O'Brien leaves. You have Tim Kelly. He's the primary play caller, but it seems like he was still, it was, it was like he was under a spell of Bill O'Brien where he did not want to get away from everything Bill O'Brien taught him. I think we're really going to see a very good offensive team under Pep Hamilton, and I do believe all the offensive struggles that we saw Lovey Smith had throughout his career, especially during those mediocre years in Chicago and in Tampa Bay with Pep Hamilton on his side, I definitely do not see that's going to be the case here in the city of Houston. You know, and I definitely want to add this for Houston. I think it's very important that they don't get, I guess, one player minded or one position, one player at a position minded. And what I mean by that is, Oh, yeah, we have a Brandon Cooks, and we may even have a Nico Collins, and so that may not be an area of emphasis that we need to bring in the play or improve in. We're just going to trust our guys. I don't think that's how the NFL works anymore, right? When we look at the Kansas City Chiefs, there are some games, especially this last season, where Tyreek Hill is not a part of the game plan, but you see McCole Hartman having a good game, right? Um, there are some games when we look at the – Rams, for instance, where Cooper Cup is going to get his, right? But Vance Joseph is having a big game. Right? Odell, when he traded from, he's having some big moments, hmm. right? So I think we, especially when we look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they have three wide receivers that went over 1,000 yards. So, uh, And I'm not just picking on the wide receiver group because I definitely believe that Houston must come out of the free agency and the draft. The free agency with a veteran running back. I like Marlon Mack or Sonny Michelle. And when we look at the draft, there's so many talented backs coming out where, you know, you can pick who you want, but they must create an offense where you got different guys that are able to do different things better than the next guy, but it works well together. So you may have a better possession receiver when you need a first down, you can go get them. You're gonna, you're not, you may have that stress to fear receiver where you want to take a big shot down the field or your red zone target, right? Your, your short running back or your, your big play, explosive, dynamic running back. I believe Houston can do an upgrade at tight end along with Brevin Jordan. I just definitely believe that for this team to take a next step, a lot of guys are going to have to do a lot of different things. And for Houston, that's a good thing, especially mm -hmm. considering if you have a quarterback. Man, I was watching this TikTok with Davis Mills making some of these throws. Mm -hmm. He can make these throws. Just put the players out on the field to help them out with some of that, right? That's all I'm getting at. It's the time of year. I pretty much kind of given up on a lot of my New Year's resolutions, but not eating healthier. That's not the one I've given up on. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing right now. And thanks to Bill Barr, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution. I'm enjoying what I'm eating. It's an everyday thing. It's becoming a part of my, my, my ritual, if you believe. And, one thing about these built bars is they come up with these flavors that listen. Have you tried the Euro Puff? If you haven't, you're missing out on, if not one of the best built bar tasting bars. Uh, the puffs are a fan favorite right now. Uh, incredible flavor, yummy, cinnamony, chocolate Euro y, coconut marshmallow y. Uh, you got the banana cream pie. Those are also one of the flavors that the fans really enjoy all the bill bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yes the puffs are included 100 real chocolate the best part about it 
I tell you I'm eating healthier. I'm telling you about real chocolate and how great it tastes well. The bars are low calorie, high protein. So replace your candy bars with one of these. They are better. I'm going to tell you why. Most of those candy bars, they carry around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugars, and a dozen of those nasty, unwanted carbs. But Bill Bar contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein with a lot of different flavors from your choosing, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And for this month, you got the new white chocolate cookies and cream. Go to Bill.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Before we dive into the Deshaun Watson to the Washington rumors. I definitely want to give you guys an update about his case. A special hearing was scheduled for Monday. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday evening. So scheduled for Monday for Deshaun Watson. And uh, if we remember uh, that he has the disposition that was scheduled on Tuesday. So this special hearing may actually delay the deposition. And, of course, right now, Deshaun Watson is currently fighting a legal battle after 22 women filed a civil lawsuit against the current Houston Texan quarterback. Now, I definitely want to put, uh, you know, the current Houston Texan <laughs> quarterback on that because right now the NFL rumor mill is heating up Deshaun Watson. We have the Broncos, the Minnesota Vikings. His team is refuting some of these uh, rumors. We heard about the Bucks. However, now we're hearing about the Washington Commanders. It's going to take a while getting used to saying. I wish they would have kept it at the Washington football team. That one, okay that one had a little bit of a ring to it, and it was just different. I could have got behind that. Uh, I don't think it had a ring to it, but it was. I would take that over Commanders. Commanders <laughs> just feel like I'm watching Small Soldiers or something like that. But uh, Commandos, attack! Versus, versus the Gorgonites. Yeah. Right, uh, right now, the, the Deshaun Washington team, Sean Watson has been treating the Houston Texans as if they were the Gorgonites trying to get out of that situation and play for uh, another franchise. And the Washington Commanders have now entered the chat of, you know, teams that want to put their name in the hat for Deshaun Watson. And honestly, I think this is the best scenario team trade-wise, not necessarily for Deshaun Watson, and also, I do think this is good for this Sean Watson. This is a little stab at Dan Snyder, who is an owner who doesn't really care about controversy. Uh, <laughs> and I think that he is an owner that needs to be put out of the league. Those are my 100%. Own personal, it's, uh, my own personal sentiments. But this is probably the best deal uh, player pick-wise for the Houston Texans. Now, before I dive into this, a lot of you are immediately thinking – Chase Young. I am. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys are not looking at the actual better player. And the better player across that defensive front is not Chase Young. Chase Young is a more flashier player, and I think he will have a, a, a pretty good year, a pretty good career for whatever team he plays for, but while he's in the NFL. However, if I'm the Houston Texans, along with those picks, 
I'm looking to get back Jonathan Allen. And I'll tell you why. Jonathan Allen is the better run defender. Uh, Jonathan Allen actually plays his plays to the scheme much more than Chase Young. And I was talking to David Harrison of the Locked On Bucks and the, and the Locked On Commanders. We were talking about this while we were in Mobile, Alabama. And the trade idea came up. We were just sitting, talking, you know, and having a discussion about football. And I said, you know what? Deshaun Watson in Washington makes perfect sense. Of course, he said he wouldn't want him simply because of everything that's going on off the field. We both acknowledge he's a great quarterback and he's a top six or seven quarterback when on the field. But then we got discussing if it did happen. And I said, I would take Jonathan Allen in a heartbeat. And he says, you know what? Jonathan Allen is not the player that everybody recognizes that he is. And everybody's looking at Chase Young. Well, right now, when it comes to football, Jonathan Allen is the better player. And I think this works out for Houston simply because what you will be getting back for Lovey Smith is a player that can do a bunch of different things across that defensive front. He's very hard to block. Uh, opposing offensive lineman will have a long day trying to get after Jonathan Allen consistently. But one thing I love about Allen is he plays to the scheme. He does not overrun, which I've seen Chase, uh, Chase Young do a few times more than a few times actually chasing for sacks because I think that's what his bread and butter will be while in the league. Something that J.J. White used to do, if we're being honest, while we're talking football. And so, uh, but for Houston, this makes sense because you get an immediately stud dynamic player. You would get those picks back, which you can use immediately to address other positions. Because if you get a Jonathan Allen back in a deal, Hypothetically speaking, of course, do you look at that number three pick and now say, mm, do we necessarily have to go get us an edge rusher? Or can we now use that pick to get a Kyle Hamilton to be okay with that decision? Or better yet, can we use that pick, take that pick, trade it to trade back and accumulate more picks in the first round? Which, if, and, and of, course, of course, throughout the draft. Um, Sorry to cut you off, by the way, but. If you, if the Texans and Washington Commanders were able to come to an agreement, and the Texans were able to get one of those two guys back in the deal, it would be nice if they could get both of those guys back in the deal. But for the sake of this argument, let's say they get one of these guys back in the deal, and I would say okay, then I would be okay with the Texans trading back that number three pick, and then you work your magic from there. John Jonathan Allen is a really good player at this stage in his career. I would not be mad if Allen was a part of that trade. However, John, and I think this might be the most important factor of whether or not Nick Casario would ask for Allen or Young back in the back in the trade. Jonathan Allen is 27 years old. And if we've been real honest about the Houston Texans rebuild, you know, yes, we feel confident in Lovey Smith. There's potential in Davis Mills. But if we are keeping it 100, this is still a team that is still at least three years away from competing for the playoffs again. With that being said, Jonathan Allen is 27 years old, which means he's going to be 30 by the time the Houston Texans can finally start competing consistently for the playoffs. As in terms of Chase Young, you're looking at a guy who is 22 years old. In the next five years, he's uh, in the next three years, he's going to be 25 years old. Plus, the upside for Chase Young 
is still a hell of a lot better than the upside of Jonathan Allen right now. As of right now, this is probably the best version that the NFL will ever see out of Allen. He might take one or two more steps prior to before we start seeing a decline in his game. But as for Chase Young, as I mentioned, two years, nine sacks, the guy is only going to continue to get better. If I'm Nick Casario, yes, Jonathan Allen might look good as well, but I still want a guy who would definitely be a part of my long-term future in Chase Young. And I think that's part of the biggest reasons why people, including myself, would like to see Chase Young back in this deal. Because like I mentioned, Chase Young, John Gennard, for the next five seasons together, they can build something special versus versus Allen, who uh, he's he's already at the peak or close to it. I do want to mention that this year, let's say Houston does want to, you know, pull a trigger on bringing him in. Uh, he would only be a $9.5 million cap hit this year. And then the next following years, it would be 21.5, 21.5, and then 23, which will work out for Houston if we look at the immediate – uh, ramifications of the deal. They'll get out of that Deshaun Watson contract. They only have to pay Jonathan Allen, uh, as I mentioned, $9.5 million for this year. And then the Houston Texans cap situation does get better for next year. So they'll have some more, uh, some more funds in the bank to facilitate his contract and also facilitate other players as well. I'm looking at right now, I know a lot of us are looking at the future, and we're already putting this team in a, a two- to three-year time span. But after what I just saw from the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's fair to do that before we even look uh, at what but, they do with free agency and the draft. But you can't do that, John. You can't so do that because – We, can, we but, can judge a team off right now. Yeah, we can, but look, I think it's unfair for people to look at the Cincinnati Bengals and say any team can go from a three to four win team and all of a sudden get to the Super Bowl. That's unfair because first and foremost, Joe Burrow was a stud coming out of college. He's basically a generational talent. And look at the talent and look at the young, the the young built that Cincinnati has built around him. Look at his offensive. Look at his offensive weapons that you just talked about. They had what two wide receivers that had over a thousand yards this year. Three. The run game is good. Th- three. The run game is good. The only negative about Cincinnati is the offensive line. That's it. Once they fix that offensive line, they probably would win a championship. Oh, but yeah, yeah, call us. But when you take a look at the Houston Texans. I just think they still have a lot more holes in order for them to go from a four-win team to the Super Bowl next year. I just do not see that. Because, look, I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Davis Mills. And I do believe, you know, he he's not going to be like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or, or none of those guys. But I do think he does have the potential to be in that second tier, which, which means you have a very solid, a very quality starting quarterback on your team. And if you put the right pieces around him, maybe just maybe he can get that team. He could get the Texans to the next level, but it's definitely not going to happen in 2022. If it does, hell, I will, I will come on this podcast and say I was wrong, but let's just slow this train down saying that the Texans could be the next version of Cincinnati. I'm not going to say the next version of Cincinnati, but I look at this division itself. And I'm not as confident in this division now oh, as I was true. going into the 2021 division. Carson Wentz has no hope with this franchise. <laughs> Nobody really believes in them moving forward. I look at the Tennessee Titans as a team where 
You know what you're going to get. They're very beatable. Force Tannehill to beat Tannehill, and then the rest can possibly fall in line. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, with their new coach and Doug Peterson, who I think is a great coach, you know, I'm not 100% sure. We shouldn't be saying the same thing about the Cincinnati – I'm sorry, not the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as you just said about the Houston Texans, right? Just because you get a new this and a new that and, and all this doesn't mean you would be, you know, a playoff team or bound. So for Houston, I am looking at right now this pre-draft and pre-free agency expectations where I think they can be better as long as, hey, Lovey Smith, hey, Pep Hamilton, you guys are opening up everything, getting more modernized to the game, which I know that's why Pep Hamilton was brought in, especially with his work with Andrew Luck, and allowing this offense to put points on the board. I'm not worried about the defense. I'm worried about the offense. But in terms of Deshaun Watson moving on, I would like Jonathan Allen. Hell, if the uh, Washington Commanders wanted to give us an extra pick, we'll take Montez Sweat, another guy who's a baller. Uh, I'd take him. I'd definitely be satisfied if we had the opportunity to get Montez Sweat. The football season may be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Before we get into it any further, it makes you great. Um, you know, you, you could have called me if you needed some help with them vocals. But from all of the latest odds and totals and player performance props to where the next fire coach who just may actually be Jawan Howard is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to the Olympic coverage. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends happening now in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and, and analysis Excuse me, on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans. Yesterday was the All-Star Game, and Steph Curry, my God, 45 points, 16 triples. Oh, my God. Just You just got to get ugly when you say it. 16 triples. Ooh. I'm too pretty but, to get ugly, uh, baby. <laughs> but, uh, you know, before closing out this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are we're going to start this new series called Texans Free Agency Profile. Now, for those of you guys who follow me on Twitter, you guys are seeing me write up the free agency profiles that I've been doing over at Sports Illustrated, um, you know, covering the Houston Texans. And what I'm doing is I'm evaluating every single free agent the Houston Texans have for this upcoming market and discuss whether or not it makes sense for the Texans to bring them back. And the first guy up is a guy we thought was going to have an opportunity to start majority, if not all the games for the Houston Texans throughout the 2021 season. But for the third time in four seasons, he had his starting role taken by him by a rookie quarterback. And of course, we're talking about the one and only Tyrod Taylor. 
John, listeners and viewers, I do believe Taylor's time with the Houston Texans will be over because according to a source, and John, you know this as well, um, Tyrod was kind of disappointed. He was extremely hurt when David Cully replaced him for Davis Mills to finish out the season. And, you know, it was a little bit expected. I was also told part of the reason why Tyrod Taylor did not look so great when he came back from that hamstring injury was due to the fact that he came back to soon he was trying to fight the same thing that happened to him in Cleveland the same thing that happened to him in Los Angeles having his starting role being taken by a rookie quarterback an unproven rookie quarterback but John the reason why I want to start day one of the Texans free agency profile and I want to look at Tyrod Taylor right now you made a statement last week when we was talking about whether or not the Texans should bring in a veteran quarterback um even though I believe that Tyrod Taylor's time in Houston is over. Do you think the Texans should bring him back? Only because, as you mentioned, you would like to see the Texans keep a veteran quarterback around because, A, you really don't know what's going to happen with Davis Mills in terms of his health or whether or not he hit a wall in terms of his development. And two, and most importantly, we all know when Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he is still a very solid quarterback in this league. Yeah, I, I think Houston definitely needs to scout the market for a veteran quarterback. I don't think it's Tyrod Taylor. Hmm. I think for Houston – there are two ways that they can attack this thing. Number one, and I've seen it on Twitter. I'll probably discuss a little bit more throughout the week where I'm seeing the Texan timeline divide over is Davis Mills a quality quarterback or can he be a quality quarterback or was it just four games of a sample size where he looked good at the end of the year where nothing really mattered, right? Mm. But I do think that Davis Mills played well enough to where if Zach Wilson isn't going to get, you know, a controversy of being benched for next season – if Trevor Lawrence, if, if if any of these rookie quarterbacks don't get into the whether or not they should bring in their teams to bring in another quarterback for the following season, then I don't think Davis Mills needs to be in that conversation. I think Davis Mills should be in the conversation of being the quarterback for next year. That's my opinion. For the Houston Texans who want to win games, want to put fans back in the stadium, they may actually scout the quarterback's uh, market and whenever they can move on from Deshaun Watson, hopefully it'll be before a free agency or the draft, they'll bring in a quarterback, a veteran quarterback that can actually win them some games. So we're looking at a Jameis Winston that's going to be a free agent. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers may be a free agent this season. Maybe he can pull off something. Um, but as of right now, getting back to your point, I don't think it's Tyrod Taylor. And I'll say this, I think Tyrod Taylor – He's had a great career for what it's been. I think it's time for Tyrod to retire. Wow. Um, when I look at Tyrod Taylor, even when he was the healthiest game one, he looked good. The first half against the Cleveland Browns, he looked good. But it's been that same story. And I don't think Houston can afford that anymore. Uh, but he's hurt when he comes back. If he comes back, is he 100% healthy? Can he be – is he going to be a shell of himself? Can he be – anything that he already was before the injury. And I say that because if Davis Mills does regress, if there is an injury with Davis Mills, if it doesn't pan out, well, can Houston afford another season of a bad Tyrod Taylor or an unhealthy Tyrod Taylor? And so those combinations of ideas and thoughts that come into my head makes me immediately say, 
no, Tyrod Taylor should not be brought back by the Houston Texans. And I'd be okay with Houston going to look at a Teddy Bridgewater, who I think is phenomenal coming off the bench in that relief role as a backup quarterback. If Houston does want to become more competitive and they feel like there's a better quarterback out there, like I mentioned with Jameis Winston, okay, then you go get Jameis and then allow a true quarterback competition. But for Tyrod Taylor, I think that his time in the NFL um, was a great moment. The first quarterback to take Buffalo to the playoffs in 20 years and then had a great charity run after that because of the Buffalo Bill fans are just amazing. But I think it's time for retirement, and I don't think that Houston and Tyrod should hop in the bed together moving forward. I'm I'm not gonna say go as far as to say it's time for him to retire because as we saw when healthy, especially at the beginning of the season, he still has something left in the tank. And I do believe if he does not, um, if if he does not suffer that grade two hamstring strain, then we're looking at a possibility where you and I will be sitting here talking about the whether or not the Texans should resign him and let him go at it being the Texans starting quarterback again, but. I think Tyrod Taylor free agency is going to determine where do he think he is right now in his career. You know, if he still think he has an opportunity to start for some team around the league, at least compete for an opportunity to be a starter, then I can see him going out and exploring the market. But if he at the point where, you know, maybe he has come to the realization that he is not a a a, a team's number one option for a starting quarterback role and he is getting to that stage where he can actually be a veteran presence to a younger quarterback, then I'm, then I will say I would like to see Tyrod Taylor back in that aspect, because even though he had his, his spot taken by Davis Mills and he wasn't happy about the situation, he still continued to be somebody Davis Mills can go to and get some advice. He did it prior to the injury throughout um, training camp and and preseason. He did it during his injury when Davis Mills was out there struggling almost every single game. And even after he got benched, Davis Mills still talked about it. And I I spoke to some people, and they they confirmed it. Like, anytime Davis Mills needed any type of help, Tyrod Taylor was right there. I do like that about that young man. And like I said, you know, because Davis Mills already has a relationship and has and then has already established camaraderie with Tyrod, I would not be mad. But only if Tyrod Taylor can say, you know what, I'm no longer a, a team's number one guy. Let me just find some stability, maybe sign like a two-year contract here and, you know, help Davis Mills get to the player that we kind of think he could get, especially after those four games that he ended the season with. I'm John Hickman. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. We're like five subscribers away from 700 on YouTube. So if this is your first time checking us out, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast. Like us, comment as well. Who would you like in the Washington deal? Uh, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Would you prioritize picks over players? We want to hear back from you. And do you think Tyrod Taylor should be brought back by the Houston Texans? Cody. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. And so...